This is the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast. How much direction are you getting from the governor? It generates something like two point four billion dollars. I don't know. Maybe you didn't want me to tell the story on the show, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I, I knew you were going to go there. Walleyes relating to deep mud, where there's schools of bait fish. Today's show is brought to you by Lake of the Woods Tourism. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. The Finding Fins Fishing Podcast is part of the Sporting Journal Radio family, where our mission is to hunt, fish, conserve, and do it all over again. Show off your pride for the outdoors with new gear from the Sporting Journal Radio store. Go to sportingjournalradio.com, click on store, and browse our selection of hoodies, hats, mugs, and more at sportingjournalradio.com. Welcome to the show. I'm Brett Amundsen. Thanks for tuning in on this station right here by downloading the podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts or by listening on demand at sportingjournalradio.com. Or maybe you're listening to this on the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast or watching the show on uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever wherever it is you're watching it. Thank you for watching it. Uh, and today we got a really cool show because there was a huge tournament on Otter Tail Lake here recently. It was a National Walleye Tour Championship. And today we got the winner. Eric McCoy on the show with us, and Angler of the Year Drake Hurd on the show with us, along with Eric Osberg from Otter Tail Lakes Country. Uh, gentlemen, first of all, congratulations to all of you, and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. And I say, con- I say congratulations to you as well, Eric Osberg, because that's a big event happening in your backyard, and it sounds like everything, uh, aside from having some low water, which you guys managed to get through, it sounds like everything went, went off without a hitch. Thanks to the anglers who went off without a hitch. I was uh, thanks to guys like Eric and Drake who put on a good show. It it, it went off. Uh, it exceeded my expectations. Let's put it that way. So so a good event all around. And and I'll get I'll come back to you and what you had to go through to to make everything run smoothly there. But the other Eric. Let's talk to you. First of all, congratulations. I mean, obviously you always go into a tournament expecting or, or hoping to win. But did you expect to win this tournament? Honestly, I didn't. I just went out there to try to have fun. Uh, the, the, the whole week of practice was tough for me. I think I only had like seven or eight walleyes all week long. My biggest fish was probably 18 inches. Oh, wow. I kind of had the mindset going into the tournament that I just wanted to go out there, have fun. We accomplished the goal of making it to the championship, and now it's the easy part. Heck yeah, man. Well, congratulations. And I want to ask you, you know, what you did to win or what worked for you or what advice you'd give. I want to come back to uh, Drake here for just a second, too. Um, going into this, because you, you didn't know that you'd be Angler of the Year until after this tournament, right? Did you did you think you had a chance for it? Yeah, I mean, I, I knew I was an outside chance. Um, how it ended up playing out, I would have never dreamed it would have happened that way but i couldn't be happier that's for sure yeah um you know there's some crazy things that happen in these tournaments and one of them happened to me and it's awesome what it, it did something crazy happen or are you talking about just winning angler of the year well just angler of the year and i mean i was in sitting in third place i had an outside chance i mean mark courts and chase parsons are ahead of me who are both i mean extremely good anglers yeah. they've been well known for for a long time and and to have both of them struggle the first day was was kind of surreal, and and I had an unbelievable first day. So um, that just gave me that much more confidence going into the second day that I could actually finish the thing. You know, it was like a thirty point swing, and there's only forty boats in the whole thing. So um, to have that happen and happen on that day was pretty cool. 
All right, Eric, back to you. Um, go, wh what do you credit your success in this tournament? What what made what helped you win? Uh, I was using two different things. So I was using the carbon fan optics to just move around these different flats to find the fish. I was working just outside of the weed line, so I, looking at the live scope it really helped me stay just outside of that too. And then targeting individual fish where I could see if they're a, a, a bigger fish or if there's a school of two or three or four, and then throwing a Acme Hyper Rattle right over top of them. So, right, half of my under under 20 inches came halfway down the water column. So I was able to cast out there and keep keep jigging above their head and just get kind of make force from the bite. Yeah, I mean, you were basically just hunting fish, right? You'd find them and then just cast yeah. and cast and cast at them? Yep, yeah, exactly. But pretty much anything that looked like a walleye mark, or I even casted at some, some rocks or some weed weed patches just to see if I can get one out of there. My, my, my biggest fish of the tournament, actually, I thought it was a rock. For, I threw at it 20 different times. She, she finally ate it. How big was that? Uh, I was just over 28 nine and a half pounds oh there you go that's a good one <laughs> yep. that, was, that was a great one there it is and look at that next, next cast was a six and a half pounder that was about 26 inches too two casts in a row you caught 28 uh 28 and a, just over 28 and a 20 what did you say say that again about a, just over 28 and a half and a 26 and a half two casts in a row wow Man. Yeah, it was a little, just a little pod right there. When that yeah, happened, when that happened, did you say I got a, I got a chance of winning this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And that was at, I think that was a quarter after eleven, so I had all, all my weight for day two already. It, it definitely allowed me to go pre-fishing for day three. Hmm. To, to try to get ready for the big, big north wind coming. Drake, had you fished? Uh, you're from Alexandria, Drake. Is that right? Yep. So yeah, you, yep, you, from Alec. You probably fished otter tail a few times then. Yeah, I've uh, fished otter tail a lot. I've actually won quite a few tournaments out there, and and uh, so I, I had some experience going in. So that I think that kept me a lot more relaxed. Um, I got to sleep in my own bed for the for the tournament, and Eric was staying at my house. So um, it was we were happy all the way around. So now wait a minute. You two guys, were you guys helping each other out? Be like, hey, what did you find today? Was there was there a, a no talk about the lake allowed when you got back to the house, or how did that work? No, we helped each other out. I mean, we shared a lot yeah. of waypoints and stuff throughout the week, and uh, you know that's kind of what we've done all year long. We've traveled together, myself, mm -hmm. Eric, and and Kevin, his dad. Um, so we knew we were kind of onto something special. I was honestly having a little better bite. Um, than Eric was, but he had confidence in what he's doing, and that's 99% of fishing is just having confidence in what he was doing. What a lot of people don't realize is that, like, none of his fish were, well, I shouldn't say none of them, but a lot of them weren't anywhere near the bottom. You know, everyone mm. focuses on walleyes being on the bottom, and right. his fish were, you know, like he said, halfway in the water column, and for what he did, I mean, I can name a handful of tournaments that, they don't just hand, like, they handed it to us. Like there was no if, ands or buts about it. He just handed it to us. Man, that's awesome. How old are you guys again? Eric, you're only, you're 21, aren't you? Yep. 21. 21. Yep. And you, what, Drake, how old are you? I'm 30. I'm 34. Okay. Right, 34. <laughs> <laughs> how, 
That's pretty awesome. And Eric, actually, you and Dan went to school together, right? Or knew each other from Bemidji State? Yep. Yep. That's cool, man. That's awesome. So going in both, I'll talk, I'll ask this question to both you guys going into the tournament. Did you have a plan and did you stick to it or did you adjust that as, uh, as the tournament went on? You can go ahead, Eric. I'll let you answer first. Uh, so everything I've heard for the last few weeks is all, all shallow, all shallow stuff. And that's kind of like what Drake was enforcing with me too. And all week long I was trying shallow and I, I couldn't get very many bites to go besides all the sturgeon, but. There's a lot of sturgeon in that lake. Really? <laughs> were, you, were you catching some sturgeon? Just a couple. Yeah, like but, three or four. I had to help him multiple times, like, lift these things. <laughs> that's awesome. That's like a that's, – that's kind of becoming a not so much of a secret anymore about that lake is the sturgeon in there. That's – that's actually kind of fun. Although when you're trying to catch walleyes for a tournament, I'm sure it's uh, it gets a little annoying after a while. Yeah, it was a tough practice. It made it fun to switch it up and catch a surgeon every once in a while. But I, yeah, yeah. I tried going shallow as much as I could. And I just couldn't get the bites to go, so I kind of went back to what I have confidence in all year and all the last couple of years. I just slid, slid all deep, and I found where they were at. Well, I was telling people that you guys should have been listening to our show for the last month or two because we talk about our tail all the time here, and it's all been shallow, shallow bite uh, yeah. for quite a while. So, um, is that Drake? Did you have kind of the same approach? Yeah. So I actually got front row seats um, to all this going on. Uh, hit Eric and Tom Hoyan, who took second in the tournament, were probably about 100 to 200 yards away from me. I was up shallower in that three to six foot range. And then Eric and Tom were, like I said, I could see them the whole day. They were doing circles around each other. So um, it was pretty interesting to see and watch it all go down. But I, I've always known Otter Tail is a shallow lake. I've always, um, you know, fish shallow. I told him I caught a fish on a bottom bouncer in like 20 feet of water. And I said, that's probably the deepest fish I've ever <laughs> caught in Otter Tail. I mean, I've always just stayed shallow, but. Um, Lo and behold, Eric just dominated, and he's a little deeper, you know, 12 to 16 or whatever he was in. So it was it was pretty interesting to see. I mean, these guys are the best in the country, so, you know, they know how to catch fish, and they're going to catch them a whole bunch of different ways. So. Yeah. Man. And that, I mean, that's to go up against some of those guys. I mean, some of those names that were in that tournament, they, they you're right. They do know how to catch fish and uh, to come out uh, above them. And it was it. They're all pretty good guys too, right? Uh, you know, did they come up and congratulate you guys? Was it, is it pretty friendly? Does it, do you get some rivalries in there? Uh, Eric, maybe you can answer that question. Uh, it was all, all really nice. Uh, we're all we're competitors on the water, but once we get off the water, we all encourage each other and congratulate each other. It was, sure. it was definitely a good feeling to have all the guys that looked up to my whole life be up there on top and have them all witness what i just did well let's talk about your life 21 years old um you obviously have spent a lot of time on the water talk about uh getting into fishing and what got you into walleye fishing and made you decide you you know to, to get into it competitively well, pretty much since i was born i've been on the water with my dad uh, with him owning a resort on malax lake and then traveling to all these events with him um and then you've been the, the third generation in our family. 
and him and I started fishing local tournaments. I think I was about eight years old. And then we jumped up to the, the Masters Walleye Circuit to travel nationally when I was 15. And that just kind of got me hooked even deeper. And then the last couple of years, I've done the, the co-angling side of the National Walleye Tour just to help learn, learn that much more. And then this year, I just made the jump to the, the pro side. And uh, Drake, you guys had co-anglers. Did you have, you have different co-anglers each day in the boat with you? Is that right? Yeah. So um, the first day went on points. Whoever was in first got the first co-angler, second, second, third, third, so on and so on. So um, I actually had a young guy, McKeever, who ended up winning angler of the year for the co-angler side oh, wow. uh, in my boat the first day. Um, and then I had another guy the second day and third day. So um, you get to you get to hear all walks of life. That's kind of one of the things that I think helps me relax is you get to you know talk with these guys throughout the day and and get to learn you know more about them as you're fishing with them and they ask questions and, and it's a great time out on the water. That's a cool picture. That picture you just showed, Dan. Bring that picture back up again, cause uh, who who took that picture, Eric? Do you know? Uh, Robert Robert Cardenas. Okay. It's a nice photo. And you guys must have been well lit because I, I noticed the things like that lighting and photos and there must have been some lights set up and everything. That was a cool picture. Yeah, the sun that, was about perfect for that, for that one. Mother Nature lit that one, yeah. Brett. That one, it, it worked out perfectly where we had the way in. The dock, you know, went out to the east. And so right at that 5, 530, the sun was just hitting the end of that dock just perfectly so uh mother nature lit that one natural light eric osberg uh we talked what a week before the tournament about water levels and i know dan was there and he was ready to jump in and help you if you needed to move boats around or whatever how did it end up end up going for you as well as could be expected i mean i again i appreciate the the angler's patience and tolerance for you know i you know I, i launched my boat there the other night, uh, Tuesday, whatever date, I don't even know what day today is, but I launched my boat there the other night and I was like, what a pain in the butt this is. I can't imagine, you know, if I was trying to compete in a, in a walleye tournament for hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, um, we got the boats every morning. It was, we got the boats in. Um, and then in the afternoon you can, that's me in there in the water there. We just, uh, we just, by hand got the boats to the docks and the anglers crawled out of the boats and went up on the on the docks and uh day one was a little bit more of a circus than day two we 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 were learning as we as we went um but again i can't tell you how appreciative we are of the of the of the uh anglers and the staff the nwt for for putting up with it um they if they'd have been cranky it wouldn't have worked so good but (laughs) they took it and we just we just dealt with it and, it and nobody it didn't it didn't harm anything dan was telling me it was a little cool up there and you're walking around in that water in your shorts yeah well i i thought maybe waders but you're pushing those those big boats around man those boats are heavy right and so you're bringing them up into the sand and you're you're, you're trying to get them back out of the sand the, those boats those are some heavy boats and and uh so at first it was a little cold but you know, it was kind of like exercising, right? Eventually you were sweating underneath and, uh, and, and it all worked out. Yeah, it looked like, I think it was a nice day overall for it. Maybe, a, maybe a little breezy out there. Well, the we- yeah. I think the weather worked out perfect. I mean, especially a, a late September event, you, you yeah. don't know what you're going to get. 
and, and uh, the sun was shining. <laughs> You're gonna have to send me some of these, Dan. But uh, a late September event, you never know what you're going to get. And the weather on day one was perfect. The weather on day two was perfect. The, the wind, like like Eric mentioned, there was a pretty strong north wind on day three. But uh, we only had 40 boats. You know, it was, it was, or excuse me, we only had 10 boats. It was 40 boats, 40 boats, and then down to 10 on the final day. So whatever, whatever problems came up, we knew we could solve them if there was only 10 of them. So, um, uh, yeah, the I, I was, I was ecstatically pleased with how the weather turned out. So I saw a post on the National Walleye Tour Facebook page. A guy put together some stats. John John Bala uh, looked like. Yep. And um, Eric, he talked about um, the success rate, the, the amount of fish that were caught and how it was a higher average higher average of fish getting caught on otter tail than some of the other lakes where the tournaments have been held. Uh, Eric Osberg. Like, oh, sorry, Eric Osberg. Like that—that's a testament to Otter Tail, Otter Tail Lake, I think. It, yeah, and again, and 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 uh, uh, Drake noticed this, but I was pretty nervous. I, you know, I'm not yeah. even competing, and I was nervous going into the tournament because what if these bags are tiny, and what if nobody catches any fish, and this could, <laughs> you know, this could this could blow up in our face, right? But um, it, and it's funny because the. I don't know unless unless the anglers were trying to keep secrets, but I don't know of any angler who said that they had an awesome week of practice, right? Like it was kind of doom and gloom leading up to the tournament, and and then for whatever reason, again these guys figured it out, but but the fish kind of got in the mood, and and day one of the tournament was a Wednesday, and the bag you know the top bag was around 17 pounds, and then day. Day two, McCoy comes in with a 23-pound bag on day two for five fish, you know, and then there was some again some high teens, and then he, and then Eric got a a 19 something on the on the on the third day, and so it, the the Ottertail Lake is like that though. It'll 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 humble. And Drake mentioned it earlier, you know, Mark Quartz, who was leading for Angler of the Year, been at the game a long time. He zeroed on day one, mm. and. It's 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 a humbling body of water, but but as these guys proved, it's it's a body of water that has a ton of potential and, and it can be rewarding as well. Uh, Eric, the other Eric, what, what did you end up winning? I was a Ranger six twenty one Pro with a three hundred Mercury on it. Wow! And then thirty thousand cash. Dang! Like it's like a hundred and twenty one thousand total. <laughs> not bad not yeah, bad at all well you you cut out there a little bit what are you fishing out of what were you fishing out of in this tournament uh 621 oh ranger with 300 on it. Oh, so, so now you got you got two 621s with 300s on them <laughs> you know, yeah i'm trying to sell this one i've been leasing it for my dad for a couple of years now and Time to move on to a newer one, dude. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's cooler though. I mean, I do know what's cooler, but it's still pretty cool just getting one of those big checks with your name on it, right? I mean, just (laughs) even if it's just that, that's pretty cool. You get to keep that. Is that up on the wall somewhere? Yep, that's sitting in my house right now. That's cool. My my brother told me after our last event, 
So I took 10th place there. He told me to bring my little check back and go get a big one. <laughs> there you go. Well, you certainly did. What's uh, what's up next for you? Um, currently, we're just pre-fishing in Lake City, Minnesota for the Masters Walleye Circuit Championship. That oh. starts tomorrow and runs the next three days. Okay. Uh, you, that'd be a pretty cool story. Do some back-to-backs. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. It should be fun. The bite's a little tough down here, too, but... We'll see how it goes. Well, I'll tell you, like what the other Eric said there about uh, pre-fishing being tough. I saw that from a lot of the guys. You know, they were posting stuff on social media about it being uh, being a bit of a struggle. So I, w- I was a little curious about how things were gonna were gonna end up, but obviously, obviously conditions change like they tend to do sometimes on lakes like that. Uh, Drake, what's what's next for you, man? Um, I just want to, I just want to tell everyone, Eric Osberg. I've never seen him so nervous going into this tournament because he we're doing interviews and stuff he's like do you think guys are going to catch him i'm like eric they'll catch him don't worry like they're going to catch him they're just they're fishermen right now and he i've never seen him so nervous so after the first day I'm like deep told you and he's like yeah 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 i know you know so it was pretty funny to see how much eric was sweating away throughout the tournament but they did a great job um as far as what i'm gonna do i'm gonna sit back and relax for a month or two here and try to shoot some green heads and maybe sit in a bow stand for a few weeks and see if I can't shoot some. There you go. I like that plan. That's a good one. Um, we're, we're all the, for like the national walleye tour, where all do you guys fish with these tournaments? Like what's the, what's the scope of the geographical boundaries of the, 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 the lakes you guys fish? Um, as far as this year, it was, we kind of, we started in South Dakota, then we went over to green Bay um then we went to lake erie in ohio then back to south dakota and then we ended up in minnesota so we're kind of across the upper midwest and then next year i mean it's kind of a similar schedule but the championship is actually out in dunkirk new york oh wow Um, so it'd be a hike to get out there but at the same time it's great to see you know it expanding and getting getting bigger i think every year there and the nwt does a great job of that trying to include more anglers and and uh you know that's what they're trying to do this year because we're gonna or this next year coming up so and eric osberg uh i mean you gotta probably just take a vacation at this point right you've had a couple big events in your (laughs) neck of the woods here this year it's been a busy summer i'm i i I keep threatening to take time off work but i'm not (laughs) i haven't figured out how to do that yet like every day i'm like oh maybe i'm not gonna work today and before i know it it's one in the afternoon no i'm gonna i there are no big, huge events on my my near uh, my horizon, so yeah, I I'm gonna sometimes soon I'm gonna take some time off and probably do some fishing, and uh, just uh, just try to relax a little bit and just do the day to day. I mean, we probably probably should have gone out and chased some muskies here, uh, right about now, maybe last well, week. Well, it's not too late. No, that's it's not true. Too late. That's true. Uh, you know. Drake might have a Drake might have a lure or two laying around, and, uh, and then uh, I know I know a pretty couple of good spots up here, but uh, yeah, I, I it's 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 musky fishing time, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Eric, the other Eric, um, what what's going to be your approach in this upcoming tournament, or is that a secret right now? Our pretty much just keep running around and see searching we can land on a couple. Get, sure. get one here and one there, and it's been all about all we can find in practice so far. But 
Man, those those electronics being a lot, you know, that allow you to see so much under the water. It's changing, literally changing the game, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's it's very very tough to fish without it now. I bet. <laughs> I, I, I bet. On the boat with my dad the last couple of days, and he doesn't have the, the live scope yet. It's almost boring sitting there. <laughs> so what? When you're searching, let, let's break this down and just give some tips for people. When you're out there searching, are you are you literally are you trolling while you're doing that? Or are you literally just hitting spots, looking, and if you don't see fish, you're moving on to the next spot? How fast are you moving around when you're looking like this? Uh, so like on otter tail when I was there, I'd roll up to a hump and I'd grab for altitude a little bit, but I wouldn't see a whole lot. So I'd put the trolling motor and the live scope down. And go around anywhere from one to two miles an hour and just keep keep looking around nice part we're going that speed is you can still pitch a jigging wrap or whatever else right at them and have, have a chance to catch them as they're moving faster so were you mainly you were throwing the uh, what did you say you were the hyper rattles the yep, hyper rattle is that what you were pretty much throwing the whole time or were you swapping swapping hooks out I watch that the whole time. That's my clone running a, a jig and a chub or a Lindy rig and a chub. Otherwise, I was just pretty much committed to that, that hyper rattle. It's just it, been that, that much of a confidence base for me. So that's something you... One you, color in the hyper rattle. One color. Well, that was going to be my next question yeah. was the color. <laughs> yeah. And so you had a color that worked. Is, is it, it was, was it one color that worked on otter tail or is it one color that you like everywhere? Uh, it's one color I like everywhere. Are we, is he going to tell, you think he's going to tell us what the color yeah. is? is no that, way. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's, it's just a white perch one. It's in a bunch of interviews already. So. Perch. I was going to say perch. Blowing it up. For sure. Well, you, you should get a crate of them sent to you now for free after this, probably. <laughs> and, I'm hoping so. And a live scope. They, they actually just emailed me here as we were talking. <laughs> well, tell them you're doing another interview to talk about how great they are. You'll get, you'll get some. You're going to sell so much product for these guys, uh, probably after this. But man, being able to, it, I think it's, it's, it's a different. It's not really a different way of thinking about how to fish, but being able to literally just go and target a spot, look to see if there's fish there, and if there isn't, to move on. It just seems like it's fishing has gotten to be more efficient when you can see that much under the water like that. Exactly. Hmm. That's, that's cool. Drake, did we talk about what, did you say what you were throwing? I, I was jigging a minnow, to be honest with you. I was live scope, same thing. I was just pitching at fish, obviously a lot shallower, three to six feet of water. Um, but when you're up there, there's that sand grass, you know, Eric was right outside the sand grass and I was up in it and you just couldn't get a, a glide bait through there at all. You know, I, I tried multiple times. I mean, I have the exact same lures. He's made sure I had those exact same lures throughout the year. Um, but I ended up just going to the plain jig and minnow and, and, uh, until I caught all my. Is there any story, uh, you can share with us that you, that, that you haven't told anybody yet from the tournament? Or uh, did you say you, you made uh, Eric sleep on the floor or something at one point? Or did you? Well, I was I was debating about it. I mean, <laughs> he, uh, after the first day he was leading, he's sleeping in my basement. We have an extra spare bed down there. 
And then after the second day, he handed it to us. And I'm like, you know, I might have to switch beds with you. You can like sleep upstairs or something. But then my wife didn't like that idea. So, uh, so we let him stay downstairs and uh, he closed it out. So I'm a pretty superstitious guy, as those guys know. And I wasn't going to have him change anything. It was all going right for both of us. So, hmm. Eric Osberg, um, it was, did it get a little crowded around the way in there? Yeah, the crowds were great. Again, I, I I didn't know what to expect for this event, and it was the last event of a summer full of big events, and so I probably didn't pay it the attention it deserved until late in the game. But uh, you know, again, the weather cooperated, so the crowds were excellent, um, and uh, I, I, and I. I I was really, really, really impressed with the NWT staff. I mean, they came with, I don't know if it was 15 people that, that travel with the tournament and, and their leader, Anthony Wright was a calm, cool and collected guy and everybody knew their job and did their job. And, and um, as, as Drake mentioned, I'm, I'm more of a chicken with the head cut off running kind of guy. And so it was nice to have that, that calming influence and, and, and they all just did their jobs and they did it with a smile on their face and a can do attitude. So if there's, if there's any other community who's wondering, you know, should we host an event like this? Should we host the NWT? I, I had my, I wouldn't say doubts, but I had reservations going into it and, and they blew my expectations out of the water, the local businesses. Um, I mean, these guys come up at least a week in advance Right. They're staying at resorts. They're eating at restaurants. They're buying gas. They're buying bait. They're getting their vehicles. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't comprehend the, the the economic impact, the immediate economic impact that this thing would have that those three days. And then and then the week and a half, two weeks leading up to it, um, you know, people that I know that came to the event who weren't really associated with, with it were impressed. They're like, wow, what a what a first class organization. It looked good. And then let's not forget this will all end up being a TV show that that's going to you know it'll be two episodes so from a from a uh, long term exposure standpoint so not only did it provide an immediate economic boost to the area thanks to these guys and and their friends and family but but long term we're going to hear the name Arthur Lake more and more and more for for quite some time so your job was just making sure everything went smoothly for for the staff and uh, making sure that you could get boats in and out and then occasionally driving co-anglers to the right access? Yeah, there was one. Uh, Greg Greg actually fished with Drake on the last day. Yep. And, and the, the yep. second morning, uh, or it was the second morning, so I was at the access each morning just lending a hand, helping out where I needed to, whatever. And this guy, Greg, gets out of his truck. It's pitch dark, right? It's 6.05 in the morning. And he's like, is this the east access? I'm like, no. And you can just kind of see the panic come over him. He's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I'm like, don't worry. I'll, I'll give you a ride over to the right access. And so the whole way there, he he was nervous. You could tell. He was, he was, he was, well, he felt bad about messing up which access it was. But he was just nervous. And he faced with Keith Kavias. Keith and, uh, yeah, yeah, one, you know, one of the bigger names in the walleye industry, and and I was like, dude, just enjoy the day, enjoy the moment. You're going fishing with Keith Cavias today, right? Like, just try to relax and calm down, and 
and, and enjoy the moment. And he obviously had a good enough day that he got to fish in the, in the finale on Friday with Drake. So, so um, yeah, I was just where, you know, other duties as assigned. I, I will say this. I walked up the first day when I met the crew of the NWT. And I, when I introduced myself, I said, whatever it is, it's my fault. Okay. Whatever, whatever, whatever complaint anybody wants to have or file, just tell them it was Eric's fault. <laughs> and, and, then, and then we'll figure it out from there. So, um, so that uh, I think I'm going to get a T-shirt that says it's my fault, and then just blame <laughs> me. Uh, and and uh, talking, you probably had a chance to talk to some of those co-anglers. How how much fun is that for those co-anglers to get to fish with these guys? I I would defer to Drake on that. Drake, how much fun do these guys have when they're in the boat with you? <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it is fun, uh, absolutely. I mean. Uh, I, like he said, I've get guys from all walks of life. Greg that I got to fish with, we just told that story about was a Milwaukee firefighter for 30 years and just retired. And, and now he gets to do what he wants to do and he wants to fish and fish these tournaments. So, um, and then versus that guy I had the first, the first day McKeever, uh, 18, just graduated high school. He's working at Shields in Montana and he's loving it. Now he gets to travel. So, um, you hear all walks of life and you hope they have a good time and you hope you catch a big bag while they're in the boat with you. And Eric, did you say you started as a, you fish as a co-angler for a couple of years? Did I, do I remember you saying that? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I started a couple of events the last few years and then last year I did the whole, the whole season. But it, it was definitely a a very fun experience whether you had a good day or bad i uh, you, you learn all the different techniques and all the best guys in the country their they're little specifics that might be different than yours or someone else's does somebody stand out for you that you maybe fish as a co-angler with where you learned something that really really you went wow and, and it helped you along the way uh so i fished with ben teats last year in in sault ste marie and he had, that was the first time I got to see the, the live scope in action. Ah. So that, that definitely got me started in the live scope for sure. Sure. Very cool. I, I probably would have gotten it anyway, but it's to see the, the three fish he caught right away just watching it. It was definitely a lot of fun. Is that how he did it? He would hunt basically and, and try to find them first and then pester them until they bit? Yeah, it was, it was similar. We had a, he had a couple, a couple humps that we were kind of going back and forth on just seeing when they'd roll up on it. Yeah, I bet. Well, I'll tell you what, I know you're, uh, I think you're fishing with your dad, right? He's back fishing behind you right now. Is that right? Yeah, he's, he's rigging up all the rods for tomorrow. All right. Well, I'll let you get back to getting ready for that tournament. I appreciate uh, the time, all you guys. Uh, why don't you give us, uh, let us know where we can find you guys on social media. Eric, we'll start with you. I'll just uh, Eric McCoy on Instagram and Facebook. All right. Drake, where can we find you? Yeah, I'm Drake Hurd on Facebook and Instagram. And then uh, a lot of my company stuff is Fin Gear or Renegade Outdoor Innovations. You can take a look at that stuff. What is that stuff all about? So we manufacture fishing lures for companies all over the world. Um, some of the stuff is kind of behind us here. We do everything from bass lures to musky lures. And then we manufacture graph mounts, rod holders, all sorts of stuff for, for fishing and boats and stuff like that. And you're wrapping That's bass boats right now. Yeah, wrapping boats too. We do a lot of boats, a lot of trucks. So it's a good time. I got my hands in a little bit of everything. Dang. You know, I've seen a lot of a lot of guys that fish, either fish, you know, heavy or guide. They'll have uh, 
you know, pegboard in their garage or in their shop, whatever, with all their favorite lures. It'll look like a, like a bait shop, basically tackle yeah. shop, you know, in their garage. So I thought maybe you were just sitting in front of your tackles, you know, your tackle selection. Yeah. No, this is your business. That was just, that was brilliant setup, yeah. camera setup on your part is what that was. It was marketing. When we were in the pre video, the pre -video I'm like, oh, these guys have such nice backgrounds sitting in my car. That's funny. Well, I appreciate uh, the effort and I appreciate the time, to guy, time today, guys. And Eric Osberg, what do you got coming up for Otter Tail Lakes Country here next? Well, um, that our rural by choice video mm -hmm. series is our is our big thing right now. Um, and there, there is I'm not going to break any news here. But there's a big announcement coming with that, uh, so so stay tuned for for that. Um, but uh, the rural by choice video series has has been well received, and we're <clears throat> we're you know three episodes are out, four episodes are coming. The next one, it, appropriately enough, the next one we go fishing. I take Corey Heppel of fishing. He gets in my boat and we, we go try to catch some bluegills. So it's it's a lot of fun and, and, and hopefully informative too. But uh, if anybody wants to learn more about that or anything else we got going on, they can go to ottertaillakescountry.com. All right, Eric, Eric, Drake, and Dan, of course. Nice job, Dan, back there. We had a battery situation. Dan had to scramble there for a little bit to get uh, working, but we got her under control. Uh, gentlemen, congratulations once again, and thanks for being on the show today. Thank you. See you later. Thank you. This has been the Finding Fins Fishing Podcast, part of the Sporting Journal Radio family. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts or go to FindingFins.com and make sure to like our sponsors. Northern Minnesota's Walleye Factory is a year-round world-class fishing destination. The perfect getaway this summer is just a short drive to Lake of the Woods. Fish Big Traverse Bay, the Rainy River, or visit the unique Northwest Angle. To catch big fish, you have to go where the big fish are. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. That's lakeofthewoodsmn.com.